I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast. And we are here to wrap up our thoughts and yours on the new X-Men run from Grant Morrison. We spent 40-something episodes talking about this run, Gary. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we, we spent a lot of time talking about it. And um, we're here to kind of wrap up everything that we think about it. And we got some listener feedback as well. We're going to read those out here in a little while. Gary, how are you, my man? Uh, I'm all right. How's, quor- you know, how's quarantine uh, Gary go- going right now? Is he okay? You know, uh, early on in quarantine, Gary, I was like, oh, quarantine Gary is pretty similar to normal Gary. Mm-hmm. Like, I leave the house only a couple times a week. I work from home, homebody anyway. But it's starting to get to me. <laughs> I'm starting, I'm starting to, to miss uh, doing things. I'm starting to get like, like and I, I'm over this word is an exaggeration, but incredibly mild, like agoraphobia stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm out in a place and there's lots of people, uh, I'm getting nervous, uh, in a way that I, I didn't used to. So that's fun. Um, you know, and, uh, everyone is in my apartment building all the time now, which means that it's like louder and generally like there's just kind of more, uh, stimulation coming from other, other units and stuff. So the whole thing, you know, it's starting to get to me. It's slow, but I'm getting there, baby. Yeah. Joining the rest of the world. I had, I've I've been, um, I could be a homebody very, very easily. Um, my job keeps me out and about pretty much every day. So I like, I value the time that I spend at the house a whole, whole lot. Um, and Mm -hmm. I'm pretty lucky that like my work from home stuff is pretty light. I don't have a, like a lot to do. Um, like I know there are people out there Mm -hmm. that are like struggling to keep up with their daily work tasks because they're working on their shitty home computers with an unreliable connection to their work network or whatever. Mm. Um, so I have like extra time, but it's been a few weeks and I'm just kind of getting, kind of getting antsy a little bit. Like we're, I, um, I had to go out and about to do some work stuff today. So I stopped at the hardware store, which was, uh, trying to maintain social distancing in a hardware store is almost impossible. Nobody was wearing masks Mm -hmm. except for me. It was super fun. Um, but I got a bunch of stuff to do gardening projects. So that's where I'm at in the the quarantine. I have chosen to go outside for a little while and not just play video games. So, um, I, I just, I, I, the people, you know, who are getting bored and have extra time. Like I'm very jealous of that because I haven't gotten to the, like, let's start a cool new project phase of this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I want that. I think that's a cool, cool feeling. Like, even though I, I, I also reject that you have a responsibility to do anything new, mm-hmm. um, you know, with this, but I just, I, I would, I want to start a garden, but I just don't, I, I want to want to start a garden. Yeah. I don't actually want to do it. Yeah. I wish I had any kind of drive whatsoever for anything. It's what I want. Well, and it, it helps so. that, you know, uh, we've been doing a bunch of home construction stuff. And so like all of this stuff is finishing up and now we have like the bare bones of stuff that we can add to. And also, like, you've been to my place. Like, we have so much room. And, like, that, that's the, the one thing mm-hmm. that you just mentioned is, is what would terrify me the most about this quarantine. Like, if I was back at, like, old apartment complexes of just people around me all the time making noise, I would be going fucking crazy. Um, but it's relatively yeah. peaceful. I live, I live in a one-room so. <laughs> one one apartment. Yeah. So I've been confined to this, this the, the kitchen bedroom living room uh, <laughs> that, I, that I live in for this whole time. Uh, it's pretty amazing. We just um, so, we just built a cat podcasters. Yeah, yeah. We just built a little carport on the side of my house um, that we can't quite park in yet because we haven't taken the wood off the concrete. We don't have rocks poured and all this other stuff. But um, we so we, but what it is is just this huge shaded area. So like, it's just really like we just put a couple of chairs out there and like in the afternoon we're just relaxing and there you don't see anybody because I live so far in the country and it's just very nice and and relaxing and calm out there. So. 
it's been it's been nice but i am getting like i want to just go do something with it out and about i don't know what it is so yeah i I desperately miss doing stuff yeah and having stuff to look forward to like boy i'd like to walk up and down a street and go into some stores sure yeah you know or see friends That'd be pretty cool. Like, I'd like to see a friend. Nice. Um, I have yeah. some coworkers that are like getting together for crawfish this weekend and like to go. Because the big thing down here, like the, the all of the water systems down here are like fucking crowded because everybody is like, oh, social distancing. Let's all get on the boat and go, you know, get on the lake or go on the river or whatever, which I guess is fine. Um, but it just means more mm-hmm. people are out and about and like you're not going to wear a mask on a boat. <laughs> just nobody's going to do that. But I'm like, you're really no. going to drive for like an hour and a half just to go have crawfish with some people like just stay your ass at home. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Well, and also like that's, that's explicitly not social distancing. No, exactly. Right. right? Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're risking all those people and yourself mm. uh, and everyone, you know, like it's, it's fucking insidious, uh, you know, but what's not insidious. Hey. Grant Morrison's new X-Men. <laughs> Segway Lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So yeah, before we get into everyone's responses about this, um, I wanted to just like briefly speak to, and I'm by no means expert about this, but would talk a little bit about like the legacy parts of this. Sure. Uh, Like what, what kind of came after and like, sadly, kind of the answer is most of this stuff got erased, you know, like it's weird. Like the Zorn reveal got erased. Um, One of the big things that Grant Morrison did was he made like mutant culture was like a, a big thing. Mm-hmm. So like he got rid of Genosha, but then he also like there's mutant town. There's all these things like he really wanted to treat it uh, as such. And at some point Marvel decided, no, we want this to be a very special rare thing again. And they started, they did a uh, house of M. Yeah. Um, after that, which is a story that I, I generally actually like, but the point of that was to wipe the board and get rid of all the mutants, except for 198 of them mm-hmm. uh, was the idea. Uh, and that's, uh, less interesting to me than the idea of there being mutant town and mutant culture. And like all like, these are mutant fashions. Like people were making sleeves for wings and shirts with extra arms and stuff. Like I thought that was really cool. And I have this feeling of the Grant Morrison X-Men as being the series of gifts that like Grant Morrison gave to the franchise that kind of got through in the garbage. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that. Like all of that stuff is very cool and kind of high concept and not at all what Marvel seems to want to do with the, with the characters and with the series and the franchise or whatever you want to call it. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, looking at this stuff that they have done since then, uh, it's all huge crossover event kite type stuff. Um, and it's, you know, some of that stuff I really like some of the character stuff. I like that they've, they've done quite a bit. Um, but I, all of those like, kind of interesting like mutants as a culture thing just seem to not be there from anything I've read from Marvel in a long, long time. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's it very much in... like we have to deal with X-Men problems. We are X-Men. <laughs> like it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the reality, I mean, we talked about this, like a new writer comes along and, and he's like, you know, Hey, the X-Men could be vampires. Like, let's do that for a couple of years, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then, or like, Oh, the X-Men could live in San Francisco for a couple of years. Let's try that. Like everyone just has their story. They want to tell. I am just disappointed by how few things people picked up and took from this. Like there are a couple, right? Like this is the introduction of Quentin choir who ends up becoming a fairly major character, uh, in, in the series. Um, this is the, I don't you know, know that like beak and angel show up very often, uh, after this, but like the cuckoos and Quentin choir both became X-Men characters. Oh yeah. That would, would show up in things, which is cool. Uh, I like that. 
Um, I feel like a bunch you know, of the and, Phoenix lore that we that are we're gonna read uh, later on, hopefully, like all Phoenix and Song stuff, and like when the Phoenix gets split upon seven, seven X Men. Like I feel like that has its root in the last few pages of the new X Men comics, where you know you see all of those phoenixes together and they talk about phoenix work and things like that like as much as yeah i feel like that's a for better or for worse right because some of that phoenix stuff later phoenix stuff is kind of you know it's it's hit or miss definitely I don't. but um yeah I, phoenix war song is one of the the worst comics i've read <laughs> uh completely so um end song is good war song less good i don't i think um, I've, and he, I've, I've read know, one of those but i can't he was probably end song war song was like the sequel to it and nobody liked it okay. and it's way less the um the he lays like the groundwork for that through the entire run i think that one of the um you know we talked we talked about the grant morrison run as a uh kind of encapsulating his feelings on magneto and that old school kind of villainy you know and, and him wanting to take you know get rid of the old school in general like charles's ways don't work like in this world this it's been static for 60 years like kids should come along with new ideas like this this should not be you know just superheroes like cops and robbers um so it has that kind of condemnation of that but it also i feel like part of the run was a rehabilitation of gene gray and the phoenix you know because uh and it's interesting to think about it in x-men history because that was something that was already done you know with uh like you know gene gray killed that uh the planet when she became the Phoenix and then they had to be like, no, it wasn't really her. Like editorial was uncomfortable. They're like, can we have a character, you know, who is a mass murderer? Is that acceptable? And writers argued about it. And editors argued about it. And Grant Morrison is positing this thing there where it's like, it's not as simple as mass murder. You know, instead of saying the character never did it, let's recontextualize what the event means and what the Phoenix does. It's not just this, you know, destructive force that no one understands. It is to a purpose. And maybe people don't understand the purpose, but the phoenix is actually you know for lack of a better word like good yeah you know or and i think or i think just that's above more the, interesting above the concept of good and evil right like it's a cosmic yeah everyone calls it a cosmic force but then everyone gives it human motivations um exactly which is and i think that's something that grant morrison really tried to elevate it's like to try to make it this unknowable thing and to have it deal with things that are difficult for humans to understand which we see through gene gray having been born the Phoenix early in sublime's future, not quite understanding what happened because she was, you know, she was a preemie Phoenix basically, <laughs> which yeah. is not, a, which is not a word I'm really comfortable in say, with saying now <laughs> that I said it. God, do I hate the word preemie dude. It's one of the, like, like it's like, a, it's like the most silent hill ass word. <laughs> like it's like you walk into an alley, it's just full of preemies and you're like, Oh no, James Sunderland's fucked. Um, the, <laughs> uh shit's scary um you know trying to think of other big things that weren't um you know at some point like i need to reread the stuff that retcon zorn uh, i remember hating it at the time but i'm i'm curious as to what i think about it now uh and maybe read the first couple issues of excalibur that's concurrent with this that like brought magneto back and then says like no no i wasn't dead and i didn't do any of that stuff that wasn't me like immediately oh good 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 um uh, you know yeah <laughs> it's the uh you know, with Callisto with tentacles instead of arms. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Speaking of Silent Hill. Bad comic. <laughs> that's, yeah, my, yeah. that's my repressed <laughs> sexual good. fantasy. Uh, yeah, um, just, just Chris Claremont's fucking horny dungeon. The the big one, and we've talked about this extensively throughout our coverage, I think, is uh, the relationship between Scott and Emma, uh, which is going to continue oh, for, for years and years and years. And for some reason, not picked up on in the movies at all, which I just feel like is a... like. 
man, I, I, I know I talked about it when we covered first class, but like what a, just a abominable representation of Emma Frost that was. But uh, Emma Frost. I, I feel like, even though if in that, in that movie, if she had taken an interest in Scott, <laughs> it would have been an extremely, extremely weird, different movie. extremely different movie. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why is Nicholas Cage here? Why is he taking pictures with an eight millimeter camera? <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's that, that relationship, which I think is really interesting because you know, there's something about Emma that is kind of judgment free when it comes to Scott. And for whatever reason, for a lot of actually spelled out reasons, Scott is a little bit more comfortable telling Emma about the things that is in his head than he does to his sixteen-year-old like heartthrob crush, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we, that's really, really like interesting. I'm glad that that's something that has stayed the course for, for what I understand, most of the future of X Men stuff. Like, I obviously have not read every issue or every series or anything like that, but I know it's still kind of a thing nowadays. Yeah. Well, and, and you could argue that the entirety of like Scott Summers becoming really interesting, like is, is starts here. Like it started with the 12 with, with apocalypse taking him over. But I think that like if Scott Lobdell or some shit had just written what came after that, or if Chris Claremont had, we would not get this interesting trajectory for Scott Summers that eventually turns him into like a terrorist and like all this shit. I can't wait to read like some of which I have read. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the idea of, Scott being a morally gray character starts with this and Emma Frost like dovetails into that really well. You know, this is this run is kind of a funeral for old Scott Summers. Yeah. That's a good way in, to put in it. In a lot yeah. of ways. And and that's great. Like that is that is super good. That character had been in a rut. Like we're reading a bunch of comics with him that take an alternate reality version of him when we get into Age of Apocalypse. And he's literally the same way he is in the main comics, except for Mr. Sinister instead of Professor X. <laughs> There's a part where Mr. Sinister goes to get milk and Scott's like, was it something I did, sir? Like, was it me? And I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, and I'm like, dude, but even, <laughs> like, even the villainous Mr. Sinister is like, not everything is about you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's incredible. And I was like, oh yeah, Scott Summers used to be this. Like, and he was forever, you know, he was, he was that for like so long. So like, that's a really big and good change. Like him and Emma and Scott having that character trajectory and Emma being getting to the core of Emma. Like I think what Morrison did with these characters is like some of them, he transformed and rehabilitated or dehabilitated and some, he just did like found what they should have been the whole time. You know, Mm -hmm. like this is, you know, and other writers did kind of take some of this Emma stuff, like her voice as through Morrison became kind of the voice for Emma Frost. Yeah. after this like not everyone got it but more people got it than not you know and previous to this she was a messier character even if she did have a hero stint uh you know many times over uh but i you know i started reading a generation x you know just for funzos last night in bed um which is her being a teacher you know uh and the right her characterization is way worse and again it's like scott lobdell who a very mediocre writer who's like functional, but mediocre. I think can't wait to spend the next few months talking about Scott Lobdell. <laughs> Scott Lobdell is a big part of age of apocalypse, which I still like, like I was having fun reading it, but man, it's going to be super interesting. Scott Lobdell's a mediocre writer. Um, um secondary yeah. mutations. Like, I feel like that's something that I yeah. see, keep seeing pop up here and there. Even if, um, I kind of like assumed it, and I guess I just assumed like, Oh, secondary mutations are a thing. And then for a while, uh, I was thinking, well, could this be like the influence of sublime as bacteria having infected these mm. people and causing different reactions? Um, and that doesn't really seem to be the case. I didn't really seem to pan out. Um, but, and it really seems like 
it's just been used for hey somebody got some new has some crazy shit happening to them it's their secondary mutation uh, which is pretty okay like i just like the idea that we have like oh shit mutants were mutants are going to have a problem when they turn from when they hit adolescence and then also they may have a second much bigger problem somewhere in their lives that they can't predict like that's just it's yeah just doubling down on being a mutant being shitty like the uh the secondary mutation thing feels like a really great uh simplification of something that had been floating around um in the x-men for like a long time which is sometimes people just have two powers you know and and now those can be retro or like uh retconned as secondary mutations there's also all these weird little 90s shits about like what an external is like that there were mutants that were somehow like more than mutants and it just like goes sloppy and silly and now this is much more elegant to be like yeah they're they're secondary mutations oh you mean it just happens sometimes inhumans is what you're talking about <laughs> no no, no I, I i didn't mean the inhumans that's from the terrigen mist my friend i'm very familiar with, with the terrigen mist um, oh man i still you've still never uh, gone and watched that tv show right like you've you never mm, oh god no. dude. it's on disney plus i could the uh it's just I, they're waiting for me i think we should like at some point for the duck bundle or something we should watch like the first episode of that and just see like how it should, should be like an abject suffering thing of like how far can we get into this episode because <laughs> i turned it off and i watch garbage marvel tv shows and i turn <laughs> that shit off so <clears throat> uh, that, that that is amazing that is a good reverse endorsement mm-hmm. um as far as like secondary mutations that showed up like uh this is this is beast now like that lasted yeah. Beast never turned back into old beast like he's he's a cat you know as far as i know like i don't think they ever went back to beast classic yeah i don't th- i don't i don't think so either um it's weird how yeah. beast of all people uh keep keep like every time they do something to beast they very rarely roll it back like we never see just normal human looking hank mccoy ever <laughs> like that hasn't happened since yeah. the fucking 60s right like we just don't see that dude um it's it's weird how little of uh his character informs too because you look at like ben Grimm, and ben Grimm's whole thing is like i'm gonna hang out with reed richards because he promises to get me back to normal and then reed richards is like mm. <laughs> sucker <laughs> you know uh maybe if you take out the, the garbage fantastic. for the for the fantastic four tower one more time ben maybe yeah. then i'll cure you yeah, yeah. You, you're you're only four thousand doom bots <laughs> away from working off your indentured servitude to me uh, the most you know powerful genius in the marvel universe what about my but contract like, reed <laughs> Uh, he's a contractor he's having a hard time getting paid in his serum <laughs> like freelancer for the fantastic four grim gets paid a nickel reed gets paid a dime and that's why he poops rocks in the company time <laughs> the, uh, god that'd be the worst part about being the thing that hurt um but the uh in for beast it's like he's never like what kind of science can i use to turn myself back into the big linebacker i was you know i'm sure there were some early on some stories but he dealt with it pretty quick became pretty adjusted pretty fast and then he got pretty adjusted to the cat thing yeah you know as yeah, well he seemed pretty i you mean know, over the course of this arc who knows I mean, we've kind of briefly talked about it but like it might be super fun to poop in a litter box i don't know like it seems like Dude. it would be the opposite thing but uh you know who knows yeah. it's cool because we could try it right now I, you know i mean <laughs> could <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool though it's uh, cool because we could do that you want to get yeah. into some uh <laughs> listener feedback yeah, yeah. I think I think that's I think we covered a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. that we thought throughout the run. So, uh no uh no need to to recap or anything like that. It is still my favorite X-Men run. Um, I am yeah. You know, yeah. Uh and I I really enjoyed doing the close read with it. It was very fun. I'm looking forward to moving on to other stuff and reading some stuff I haven't read before as well. Um and I love the X-Men. And uh yeah, X-Men are great. X-Men are great. Um let's read some 
yeah let's read some uh feedback from folk cool so the first one is from jake uh, they wrote in to say, just wanted to hop in for the season wrap up and say how much I love you guys covering comics on the shows. Hearing you guys dine out on what a great run Morrison's has been is what a great run Morrison's is has been enjoyable and has encouraged me to read more X comics. My only gripe with Morrison's run, and I imagine y'all will hear this a lot, is the Zorn Magneto twist. I think the reason it rubs me the wrong way is I don't think you get from it what it is worth what you lose. I really dug Zord as a character and this takes him off the table completely. Marvel tried to run it back, but never really succeeded in doing so. None of his appearances since this has really lived up to his potential in those early issues of new X-Men. Some of it, some of that is on the creators for how they used him, but also I have a hard time not also blaming Morrison for using this identity as a setup. What was left made Zorn into kind of a mess. Anyways, thank you both for what you're doing. Can't wait to hear what's next for days of future cast. If I could add a suggestion for another book to run, uh, for another run to cover the future, it would be Next Wave Agents of Hate. Uh, it's not the it's not an X book by any means, but it does have Boom Boom in it. The reason I'm suggesting it is it's only 12 issues long. It's a pretty funny send up of superhero comics without the angst and problematic elements of the boys and has a humor that I think you guys would be into. Reading it gave me some real Venture Brother vibes that I think y'all would dig. I love Next Wave. I think you've read it. Yeah, as me well. too. Yeah. yeah um, Next Wave is great. I read it uh, on the way to Portland, actually. Oh. Um, so yeah, I was, or while I was there or something. Yeah. Um, I think the it was Zord, Portland adjacent. It was Portland adjacent. Uh, the Zord stuff. I think. Yeah, I think a lot of people have an issue with. Um, as mm-hmm. you and I have talked about it pretty extensively, so I can definitely uh, get on on Jake's uh, wavelength there. And I don't know. Like if we if we if we start getting desperate for comics to cover, like I definitely see Next Wave as being in there. It's I, I have an issue with it. Like, and this is kind of something that I've said about covering Legion, um, or really anything that's super good, uh, which is. You and I seem to work best when there's stuff to kind of pick at a little bit. Uh, and yeah, there's some of that in comic books in general. Uh, but like next wave, like art is good. It's written really, really well. It's funny. <laughs> like there's some great characters. Yeah, like yeah. I kind of feel like I would be lessening the work by talking about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, I think that I, I haven't read next wave in a long time. Um, so I, it's less fresh for me, but I, I take your word for it um, with that. So. Yeah, we we typically have not, but I think with the the X Men comic stuff, like doing things that are generally considered really good, like I don't necessarily think that I I like Next Wave more than I like, you know, New X Men or something like that. You know, like I I think that that's also really good. I think we'd find things, sure, yeah. you know, that that mm-hmm. would be to goof on. Okay, Gary, um, you, you you twisted my arm. I'll do Next Wave. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, ex- extremely tangentially related to the X Men? Like yeah. that's that's more my my bugbear with it. Like, I mean, Boom Boom is there. <laughs> No, I, I know. Boom Boom, the most important of the X-Men. Boom Boom is um, also in Super Mario Maker, though. So, I mean, like, which Boom Boom are we talking about? <laughs> Anyone who is in the X-Terminators. Uh, any of that comic. Um, the, uh, and the, the thing with Zorn that I think about is that, like, I liked Zorn as a character, too. But I think that your mileage on whether getting rid of him bothers you or not is how much you like that as a trick. Like, I like being tricked by that. You know, and some people don't like, I was like, oh yeah, I like this character. Oh, I was supposed to like him. That was Magneto's whole plan was to make this character that like Xavier would, would really fall for and the X-Men would fall for, but also the reader would, because you know, he's designed for X-Men to like, so it makes sense for me to like him. Like I, I dig that a lot, depending on how much you dig that. I think it will offset, you know, losing the character for you. Yeah. A persecuted healer with a heart of gold. Like it could not be more X-Men bait if you tried. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it, um, and I, yeah, I, I think like to me, Zorn works as a character uh, for for this setup, um, and a lot of like his potential as a character was more in my mind than on the page. So I'm perfectly fine 
never reading another Zord comic again and just like having that be fine. And like, oh, this new X-Men person is just who he is. I don't ever have to worry about it. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for writing in, Jake. Yep. Uh, Colton says, uh, hello. A bit late to say so, but I absolutely love the format change. It's been quite sensational to get back into the comic book world and have a podcast to listen to regarding uh, it. Uh, after finishing Grant Morrison's run on New X-Men, I decided to give The Invisibles a shot. It's fantastic. Uh, I love the way you cover media. I was just wondering if you'd ever consider covering comics like The Invisibles. Um, I love The Invisibles. Uh, it does not have Boom Boom in it. Ooh, strike um, one. <laughs> strike one. No Boom Boom. Uh, no Boom Boom. No Boom Boom. Uh, <laughs> Where's Boom Boom? I, I don't like how kids refer to pooping as boom boom or like babies do that. Or like boom, boom, went boom, boom. Wasn't that just a TV show? No boom, like, boom. wasn't that just the dinosaurs TV show? <laughs> like- no, no, I, I think, uh, I think it happens in adventure time. I think the dinosaurs did it. I think I've seen it in a couple of different. Oh, it weird. Uh, bits. <clears throat> um, but, uh, I, I love the invisibles. I need to reread it. Um, I don't know, you know, whether it makes sense for this show, but yeah, who, who knows, right? Like a long enough timeline, but I, I feel like, we will probably die before we cover all the X-Men stories that are worth <laughs> covering. Yeah. Like you, you guys know that we're almost 40, right? Like it, it's not going <laughs> to like, limited time frame here. Yeah. We, we, we're, we're, we're extremely old men. So these boomers don't have these boom boomers don't have that much. Uh, oh my God. Boom boomers is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love generation boom boomers. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I have not read the invisibles. I've read a lot of Grant Morrison stuff. Um, I had a really fun conversation about Grant Morrison stuff with uh, CJ from two and humanities the other day while he was streaming. Mm. And, um, we were just talking about all things and invisibles came up over there and he's a huge fan of that. And was like, Oh, you got to read it. Um, but CJ is a recommendation machine, so <laughs> like, he'll tell you to watch anything and everything and read everything. Uh, it's something that I want to get to eventually. I'm kind of with Gary. Like I, I, it's, I know it's a pretty long series and it's not related to the X-Men at all. So like, I don't know what, what would be a good fit. And I have to imagine there's some, like some really super educated people doing Grant Morrison podcast out there. Like I haven't looked any of that, I, up, but I, I, I would imagine so. that, that, that exists. there's definitely a text online about it. Um, I want to put a, a little pro tip for if you do. Uh, end up getting into the invisibles mm-hmm. there's a book that was published that i found in a comic shop and i'm sure you can get online um called the disinformation guide to the invisibles uh that i found it's like annotations for each issue that kind of explain some of the like weird references so like when grant morrison drops something about kabbalah like you're just supposed to know it you know it explains that um it's really good like i read the series without it and you don't need it and then the second time i read it i read it with the guide and it was a richer experience nice so if you get into that, grab that companion piece as well. Cool. Uh, thank yeah. you, Colton. Um, mm-hmm. Our next email is from horny for Zorny 69 <laughs> because we have it's an audience funny. and we cater to it's, it. <laughs> it's extremely funny. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. Uh, Got to say, I love this new version of uh, Days of Future Cast. Y'all got me to read Grant Morrison's X-Men run, which I found a lot of joy in. I appreciate everything you and Carrie do. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Horny, for uh, sincerity out of the way it's time for my favorite game fuck Mary kill your options are the harmonica that plays whenever Bishop enters a room <laughs> during the murder at the mansion arc a wild sentinel from Genosha and Zorn's levitating helmet Magneto can't see what you're doing to the helmet but he's definitely the reason it's <laughs> levitating and is somewhere in the same building as you looking forward yeah. to great, great content thanks guys first off there was a yeah, I, go ahead sorry I was gonna say that that question really presupposes we'd fuck the helmet like it gave us a lot of follow a lot of information a lot of follow up information about the helmet <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess we got to know that if we're going to marry the helmet that we get, we're also basically marrying oh, sure. magneto like he's going to be our forever roommate at this point great yeah, and, um, and if we kill the helmet Magneto's not going to like it either it feels like doing anything that helmet you got to pick something magneto's going to like 
Yeah, because I think Magneto is probably like a persnickety guy, right? Like he's probably the like, shittiest oh. roommate, constantly complaining about dishes. And you're like, Magneto, your, your your power is basically the dishes. Can you just dial it back a little bit? <laughs> fine, fine. Magneto was right about trash day. <laughs> 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 Magneto is disappointed in your ability to split the electric bill. Can you please stop talking about yourself in the third person? <laughs> Roommate Magneto is a really good idea for like a mid two thousands web comic. Oh yeah, that I yeah. actually want to make. Which like means this. that Saturday Night Live is probably doing it this weekend. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So I think uh, the Wild Sentinel is pretty scary. Um, but I'm not a mutant, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I have nothing to fear from the the wild sentinel. Okay. Uh, and it's also like a creature, like it can move around and stuff. So I might marry it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like, you know, cause, cause it's like, then you have a companion. It's not like you're marrying a harmonica or a helmet. It says a lot about your relationship. Like a documentary. You, when you're like, I, you know? I don't, I'm not afraid of it. So I'm going to marry it. <laughs> you well, okay, I'm bud? Not afraid of the hel- I'm not afraid of the harmonica or the helmet either. <laughs> like I'm saying, like if it's a choice between clothes or a robot, I might choose a robot. <laughs> yeah, um, we have limited options here, Greer. Um, <laughs> And then uh, I think that I would uh, I uh, fuck the helmet and hope that Magneto's okay with it because my my ding dong for being totally average size would not fit inside a harmonica, and then I would kill the harmonica. Okay. So. Um, I'm assuming that when I marry the harmonica, I, I just anytime I walk into a room, the harmonica does the flourish, right? Like so that's that's like <laughs> yeah. my like nobody knows what it is. I pretend that it's not happening to everybody around me. So like everywhere I go, like people look at each other like, did you hear the harmonica? Like, did he not, not mention like it? Like, um definitely fucking the helmet though. Like I I'm sorry. Okay. Like because you're basically yeah. fucking either Magneto's brain power or his hands. <laughs> and that sounds fun. Like that's a good place yeah, to be. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. uh and yeah kill the wild sentinel from Genosha because sixteen million lives, man. What the, what are we doing? I, I guess that's true <laughs> And the car <laughs> I'm gonna burn you on your non-wokeness about killing 60 million fictional mutants. Yeah, that's just then local podcaster does not care about fictional and real Holocaust. Like oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, um uh moving on. Uh call me Daddy Scott Summers says uh five stars. <laughs> My third favorite resident of Louisiana and known crawdad fucker and Katrina Rassler Gambit talk about how unpredictable things can be when you begin recording an episode of a podcast with Jeremy Greer. Good content. Could use more nutrient bath talk. Jeremy yelling, not Gene, and AV club writers wearing a remarkably sweaty bald cap telling me the best way to wax my head because I've recently ripped out all my hair out of sheer boredom during the quarantine. What are the odds of getting asked Gambit slash Cyclops again? I miss getting a funny video every weekend. Uh, and you two do good impressions. Oh, and you well, thank, right. you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, is this a review for everything to guppy? This is what it sounds like. I, I think it is. <laughs> I think they put this in the wrong <laughs> spot. No, no, this is, there's no wrong spot for reviews to everything to guppy, man. But Hey, five stars. And that's what's matters. Yeah, fi- that's what matters. That's, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, I'll be doing some ass Cyclops. I uh, just, I, I just, I dropped the ball and ask piece to be honest with you, because it became a weird thing in my you head. Makeup. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got maybe a little in my head about ass beast. Okay. <laughs> Things got a little weird immediately. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a step back for like yeah. a year. <laughs> <laughs> figure some things out um but yeah I'll, i want to start that back up uh and no pressure to you to do the same at all but uh, that was that was fun and i'm i do have free time now so i might try to knock some of those out yeah i i love it i want to do it if i'm going to be super real and disgusting uh here 
quarantine Gary that doesn't leave the house yeah, very much. Yeah. Also doesn't shower that often. <laughs> and I don't want to put myself on video with super greasy quarantine hair, which is already like down to my shoulders. Um, so I just need to remember to record some after I take a shower, which I do like two to three, 2.5 times a week. Okay. Now yeah, that's good. Uh, it's like every other know, day. That's pretty good. It, you know, it's, it's, it's every other day to every third day. And, yeah. and I can really tell when I get to the every third day, but you know, uh, ennui is a thing. So, uh, I just need to remember to do that. I got the outfit out of storage though, from Duckfest. Okay. Uh, so it is in my closet and is ready, uh, for me to do it. And I had this idea of doing the, uh, age of apocalypse outfit, Ooh. like buying, buying some stuff for that <laughs> and doing an age of apocalypse arc of, uh, ask gambit. Uh, so I might do that during this, this okay. part of the podcast. I'll, uh, I can get like some yellow duct tape and do the same for Cyclops with the visor. That yeah. I <laughs> Just cover up yeah. one eye. <laughs> one eye. And, and hopefully your hair has been growing out real, real long. Cause that's the future and quarantine. Well, the, my, the problem with my hair is that it, it grows to a certain length and just begins to curl inwards. Um, so it just mm. becomes this thick, like, like brush, like not a, like a hairbrush, but like <laughs> a wilderness brush that you can't put your hands through. Like it's fucking horrifying. I hate it so much. Um, but yeah, it's definitely gotten very bad. And I was, I was smart. Like I went like right before we got shut down. I was like, you know what? We're about to get shut down. I'm going to go get a haircut. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, that was way too long ago. <clears throat> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So thank you. Call me daddy. Scott Summers for that. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, from Keith. Hello, guys. Long-time listener. Love the fact that you switched from X-Men Evolution. I hated the show to reviewing the comic. <laughs> Word, Keith. More yeah, solidarity. The first person, like a lot of people were just like, no, the show is actually good. I'm glad you guys are doing something you enjoy, but I love that show. This is the first person who was like, yeah, I fucking hate that show. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm really looking forward to your read through the Age of Apocalypse storyline. I lost my sight shortly after finishing college, and while in college, I collected comics. I absolutely loved the Age of Apocalypse crossover event and really liked that many of the characters had taken on new sides. I loved... Nightcrawler's look and attitude, Cyclops' role as an ally of Apocalypse, and Gambit's externals. If I may ask, though, I remember there was a female character that used to, to that used some sort of power, not sure if it was psionic or what, chain weapon on Deadpool. The chain ended in claws that had basically raked through his brain before Nightcrawler teleported. Are you... What? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to show up in Excalibur, brother. <laughs> it raked through his brain before yeah. Nightcrawler teleported his head into a volcano... <laughs> Uh, my question is this, what was the female character? Cannot remember her name to save my life. Thanks. I want to let you know that you two are, have such chemistry and the jokes are laughing tangents. You get to literally make me laugh out loud. Thanks for all the, all that you guys do and keep up the great works. Thanks. Sincerest regards. Keith. Thank you very much. Keith. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Keith. Really appreciate um, that. Yeah. I, I have not read age of apocalypse in a long time. I've only read like the first couple of issues for, to do this podcast. So I have no idea and can't wait to get to the teleport to the head into a volcano. Because, that, mm-hmm. Boy, if that doesn't sound like a tech in intro, I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. My, my instinct sounds like Psylocke, like yeah, a weird yeah. you know, version of Psylocke's powers, but I don't know if that's true. I feel like she's too major of a character to be one of mystiques like, uh, jabronis which is who if i remember that's who nightcrawler goes and deals with um in, in that series so mm-hmm. yeah we'll uh we'll get there and we'll we'll be able to identify that person uh but and we won't gloss over it because i'll remember this um but i cannot remember right now unfortunately um but yeah i i'm glad that glad that you uh you dig this show yeah um dax says uh hey folks congratulations on another fantastic season of the show successful and a successful change of format as sad as I was to see Evolution coverage go, it's been an absolute pleasure to hear you guys be excited and passionate about what you're covering again. 
The new format has got me back into reading comics, so I'll pose a question to you both. What is your favorite comic run? I ask out of curiosity because I'm on the hunt for some more comics. Ha ha. Have a good one. Um, I was not specifically calling out Dex when I said, most people are like, I miss evolution, <laughs> but I'm glad you guys are doing, I have not read these before we are recording about them. So that was not a subtweet to you, Dex. That's just other stuff other people have said. I did not realize I was immediately going to read a response that said that. <laughs> I was, I was just keeping my mouth shut and like waiting for you to scroll down. So being a bad, co- being a bad co-host on that one, just to let yeah. you walk into that one. Uh, favorite comic book runs, man. Like uh, this is hard. And also like I've, uh, he asked this question in the don't give up skeleton discord <laughs> recently too. Mm. So like I've already given him all of my answers. Uh, but um, some stuff that sticks out is like uh, Mac fractions, Hawkeye. Uh, I think that's a, a really, really fun run. Um, that, that, I just like, I, I very rarely like Hawkeye as a character and that series like made me want to like Hawkeye and also made me want to made me want Hawkeye to be better in the MCU by quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that one. I'll just say that first one. It's not my, it's definitely not like my favorite, but it's the one that comes to mind is like, Hey, you're a new comic person. Like you may enjoy this weird take on superheroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I like that run as well. I read like the first like 10 issues or something and, and really enjoyed it. I can't remember why I fell off of it, but I super dug it. Um, the, uh, you know, favorite is hard. Um, I really love planetary. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Planet- planetary is really up there. I really love the invisibles. Um, really love new X-Men and I really love the Alan Moore Lovecraft diverse. So Neo, the courtyard, Neonomicon and Providence. Uh, those comics are extremely good. They're real queasy. So you have to be okay with some queasiness, but I think those are really, really well done. Do you mean like the art or the subject matter? What do you mean by queasiness? Uh, the, the, uh, kind of both. Okay. Like there's, so there's some sex stuff in there. So, uh, which is usually repulsive, uh, to me, there's something, you know, if you use sex for horror though, it works for me. Like, I don't know what that says about me. It's just true. Getting like, into the be, real yeah. relationship beat of carries to carry this. I know. I know you are like, I want to fuck a robot and I want, I want to marry a robot, but not, but have sex with a helmet. And also, I'm okay with sex and media if it's meant to unnerve and, and disgust me. I just don't want to be titillated by media. Yeah. Uh, and it is not titillating. Um, so, but it's, it's really, really good. It's incredibly dense and, and, and really rich. And Salon Moore, who like, you know, has that reputation he has. Like, not everything he does is a home run, but it's not like that guy doesn't know what he's doing. So. How did you uh, survive not watching Watchmen as the TV show? Uh, did you get past, did you get through that okay? Considering that all of media <laughs> was talking about it for like a good two months. I, I, I everything all media talks about, I mute. Now, <laughs> if something if something is popular, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, so I just mute it all. My my mute filter list on Twitter is like seven hundred words long, and it's everything that everyone has been obsessed with in the last like two years. <laughs> so I just don't want to hear about it. I'm not, I'll watch it when I feel like it. And I don't want to hear other people's takes about it. I don't want to hear other people's opinions about it until I, until I've seen. It. So who knows when I will. Another like, thing I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll say for anybody looking for comics is, uh, when I started rereading comics again, uh, when, as a quote unquote adult, which I was like a small child, basically as 24. Yeah. Um, but we, we went through a large amount of vertigo comics, uh, stuff from like, 
Preacher to 100 Bullets to Sandman to mm-hmm. Fables to Why the Last Man. Like, there's a bunch of stuff on that Vertigo Comics imprint that you can get through and, like, read the first two issues of something that's, that, that has a premise that you're interested in. And then, like, more than likely, it's going to be super long and engrossing. Like, a, a lot of that stuff for, I think, some oh, of it yeah. may be a little iffy. Like, I know, you know, some of it gets a little weird and out there. 100 Bullets is fucking, like, it's almost impenetrable at times with how crazy it gets, but it's still super interesting and, and fascinating. Um, so like, it, again, your mileage may vary on a lot of that stuff, but like there's more hits than misses on that label. Oh yeah. 100%, especially like in classic era, you know, so like shade, the changing man, uh, is super good. All of Grant Morrison's like weird little miniseries. Ooh, we three that popped up during that. Up? Like we three is amazing. Sebastian. O is really fun. Um, you know, things like that. And then, uh, like even the, uh, the DC stuff that is like a precursor to that is really good. Like DC is only good when they're being wacky as hell. Marvel is good at superheroes. DC is good at like animal man and, and the Alan Moore swamp thing, Yeah, you know, or the, the Garth Ennis Hitman run, like all that stuff is really good. Um, and then once Green Lantern shows up, it's like, fuck me. I hate this. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, but, but Jesus Christ, know, when, it, it. when it's that, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's uh, oh cool. Kyle Rayner. Oh, Fuck, good. Kyle is here, everybody. <laughs> Yay. Everybody. Kyle. Kyle. <laughs> What's your superpower? You got a ring and like a, like a, like a, some but it dogma? doesn't work on things that are yellow and you're a space cop. And like, I fucking hate everything about oh, this. Uh, um, I need to, the, I need to uh, subject myself to the Green Lantern movie that Ryan Riddles was in one day just to, just to see yeah, it. Dude. But man, I, I don't, anyway. Um, so, uh, I think yeah. that's going to wrap us up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna be it for us mm-hmm. for this season. Next episode, uh, we're gonna be introing the Age of Apocalypse and talking about Legion Quest, uh, not issue by issue though, because one issue is entirely a bar fight. Yes, um, it is one of the, like boy pacing used to be different in the nineties. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, so, uh, but we're gonna summarize that, which is the setup for Age of Apocalypse, and then we're gonna get into the first couple issues yeah. of Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. So uh, thank you to everybody that wrote in for this podcast. We very much appreciate it. Thank you for all of the nice words that people have been saying. Um, If you want to jump in on some early Age of Apocalypse feedback, you can do that at daysoffuturecast.com slash contact. Uh, If you missed your chance to talk about new X-Men, you can still send that stuff in or read it and respond to it. And if I remember, we'll actually read it on the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not Mm -hmm. not very good at organizing them. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but we will read it and that's the important thing. So thank you everybody. And we'll see you in a couple of days for some age of life.